Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast with me, Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League son, Andy Harrison, the loyal one. Joss Elliott, and the king of the transfers, Jamie Martindale. For your latest dose of all things Shropshire cricket. And welcome back to another episode of the Cow Corner podcast. Once again, we're meeting on Zoom and hopefully, as we've said on every other podcast, it is the last month we will have to meet up like this for a long, long while. As you may have noticed, we're changing things up this year. And we're doing individual preseason previews for every division from the Premier Division to Division Three. But fear not, the extra show will be doing their own preseason preview in the more traditional way. You can connect with the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag CowCorner and hashtag CowCornerSCCL to interact with us or at tag CowCornerPod on Twitter and at tag CowCornerPodcast on Facebook and Instagram. Anyway, a new format means we are joined by some new guests. And I would be joined with my good friend, the transfer guru, Jamie Martindale. But on hearing that there were going to be some sides from Telford on the podcast, he once again, true to form, decided not to turn up. So anyway, here we go. Tonight, we have some good special guests. And we'll start off with my good friend, Alex Taylor. How are we, Alex? Yeah, good. Cheers, James. Good to be yep. back on. <laughs> Good to have you back on. Alex, obviously, from Wellington. And we also have, well, um, someone who's quite infamous on the podcast, someone who we mentioned quite a lot, Andrew Swarbrick of Chirk CC. How are we, Andrew? Yeah, good, mate. You okay? Yes, not too bad. Good to have another player from the Welsh cricket contingent. And uh, we also have Harry Bolland, Bomer Heath's cricket captain. How are we, Harry? Yeah, I'm good, James. You? Yes, not too bad. And finally, we have former Shropshire seamer, <laughs> John T. Mountford. John T., how are we, mate? 
James, very well, thanks, mate. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that introduction. I wonder where you got that from, pal. <laughs> yeah, I won't name my sources, but Chris Marvel, there's a pint in it for me, please. Thank you very much, mate. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's been a it's been a very good month, and uh, well, yeah, it's going to be a busy, very month. Uh, not only for myself trying to remember how to hold a cricket bat and learning how to catch, but also getting all these podcasts done and uh, getting excited for what is a big month for the podcast. But yeah, how have we been netting, guys? Cold. Very cold. Very cold. Well, it's, it's been like 10 days now, hasn't it, since we were able to start netting. And um, I think we've had about 10 net sessions already. People are a lot more keen than usual, that's for sure. We've had our whole first team come down. I've We've uh, implemented some new trading regimes and it's yeah, it's been going really well, bar the cold and the, the quality of the catching i can relate to that a bit yeah. too much yeah not to be to be fair we've um i think harry the nail on the head there people are, are keen as hell like it's, it's been really good uh people have been dying to get outside we in terms of the second 11 we got out for a bit of a net on tuesday um which was interesting when it snowed probably the coldest coldest i've ever uh netted in i said to the lads like i never i was never that keen like when I was paying the ones and that, so I don't know what I was doing there then. But no, it was good. And we had it. We had a great session last night. Mixture of first, seconds, thirds, and fourths. In that there was, it was great to see there was a real good number at the club. So yeah, it's it's great that uh, it's great that everyone's so keen and wants to get back out. Um, and hopefully that will help with with numbers on a on a weekend, which is a uh, which is the biggest issue. So yeah, just uh, just netting so far. The first have uh, done something a bit different on Saturday. They actually got out in the square, which was really good. I went down there to watch because a couple of the young second lads had a, had a go, and it was good to see them netting with the first team as out on the out on the pitch. So, yeah, it's it's good, mate. Everyone's keen, and that's that's the main thing in it. Getting back out, enjoying it, really. I went. I've been uh, obviously because I live in England. My cricket team's in Wales. I haven't been actually able to get to my own cricket club and uh, been kind of hijacking the Shrewsbury Cricket Club nets. And yeah, it uh, started snowing the other night and it wasn't the best for practice. Um, I used it as a good excuse for not being able to see the ball though, uh, which was which is a new one to the repertoire. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be a really good podcast tonight and I'm really looking forward to recording it. And here we go. Let's see how it's shaping up. And here's what's to come on episode 31 of the Cow Corner podcast, the big Division 1 pre-season preview. On episode 31 of the Calcutta podcast, the big Shropshire County Cricket League Division 1 pre-season preview. We debate the latest cricket news, then we go on to preview the 2021 Division 1 season, profiling every team, looking at their off-season work and their previous seasons before predicting how they'll do this season, before ending with the Harrison's hierarchy as the lads pick their top 10 teams Division 1 in 2021. All this and much, much more on another bumper episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. So the season is nearly upon us again. Cricket Nets has started back up last week and it looks like a full season is ahead of us. The ECB brought out its guidance slash roadmap to return to cricket and no surprises to see not much has changed from last year. But the main focus is on the Welsh clubs and whether they'll be able to start on time. Now, it is looking like the guidance from the Welsh government is saying that we will, be, they will be starting. When I say we, I play for Albury, so we're in Wales, be able to start on the 26th, which means that they will miss the first game of the season. So basically, in Wales, you can pretty much do anything but play a game of cricket. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense how. 
I can I can travel to Wellington or Bournemouth Heath and play with my team there, but they can't come to Wales and play, or I can't go anywhere else in Wales to play. It, I just don't I just don't get it. I just don't understand it. Do you, think it's, do you think it's to do with the fact that when English teams come to the ground, they can't control them going travelling to like local shops and stuff? Do you think that might be the reason? You're allowed to travel anywhere in the UK now, aren't you? Or yeah. from the 12th yeah. or whatever the date is. So yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine that being the rule. So why, why we can't play like, like we're still on. Mm. I'm only allowed two, two households allowed to nest at one time. Wow. We're, we're still on that. So we haven't met, we haven't really spoken to Apart from through WhatsApp and um, Zoom calls and stuff like that, I haven't, I haven't seen any of the other lads apart from a couple of lads that I net with here and there. It's just, mm. I, it's, I don't know. It's just odd that like people can go on holiday from England to Wales from Monday onwards, like as families, and like say go to shops and whatever around, but people that live in Wales can't just have a have a cricket match. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I know it's. It's one of those things like my cricket team's in Wales and I'm English, but because I'm English, I can't go over and have a cricket net. And even though that, like we've got, we've, well. we've, you know, we've got enough, we've got enough players who play in England who could in theory play our game, which we're playing at knocking our second 11 game, first game of the season. But because literally our team is based in Wales and under cricket Wales jurisdiction, in theory, we can't play it. Surely, with with the risk and the like, I think they did research on cricket, and they were saying that COVID lasts about an hour on any object, or not even probably that. And the fact that you're the risk of catching it outside is so minimal, and the fact that cricket is so socially isolated for the whole time that the, like the actual risk of catching COVID at cricket is absolutely. Well, I won't say it's minimal in case someone catches it and then someone comes up to his podcast and goes, I can't believe you've been selling this. It's smaller than anywhere else, you know, smaller than obviously going into a supermarket full of thousands of people and you're all inside, surely. You know what I mean? It's I don't I don't understand it, to be honest. It don't it don't make sense. It don't make sense. And is exactly right. How people can travel in between the areas, yet you can't. It doesn't. The biggest thing that doesn't make sense is that Andy can travel into Shropshire play mm. cricket and yet we can't tra- that that for me doesn't make that completely goes against it doesn't make sense it should mm. be if you can't play you can't play you should be able to yeah. we should be allowed to, he shouldn't be allowed to travel into Shropshire because what's it he can take it back there's no there's no difference between us going to Chirk we can take it to Chirk <laughs> the Welsh government isn't it all the, mm. all, between, that's the thing that's straight in that England Wales Scotland mainly are having three different things well, I don't, it's just so frustrating that it's not all, I wouldn't mind all the rules and everything happening if everyone was the same. Because there's, there's no border control, is there? I can't, I, I, I don't go into, I don't go into England and have to pass on my passport. You can, you can go from here and there anyway. So why, why aren't we abiding by all the same rules? It's just so frustrating. The thing is as well, is it's affecting what we're saying. There's how many, three Welsh teams in yeah. uh, Newtown, Chirk, Oberbury, who are all in Div 1. If there's any others, I do apologise. Yeah, so we've got three teams, Welsh teams. And so you're looking at six teams who are going to be affected by this. And the teams who obviously don't have the Welsh teams at the start, you know, it's, it goes for the teams who've got them in the first game as well. They're still going to have to play the double games. And, you know, it's it's an extra game where they probably won't have their first 11. And again, even with this guidance that you've got, 
it's still very, it's all still depending on how many COVID numbers there are. So, you know, at any point, and I think that's the dangerous thing about this season, which we haven't had any other year, is if the numbers do change in Wales or do change in England, it is two different countries under two ju- different jurisdictions who have different rules, which is going to be interesting. And um, again, we'll see what comes out of it. But um, yeah, so as we said, it's that time of year and we move ourselves onto the main part of the show. So here we go. It is the 2021 Shropshire County Cricket League Division One preseason preview. It's that time of year again, and we're now going to go through every side in the Shropshire County Cricket League Division 1, reviewing their off-season work, their successes in previous years, and predicting what we think they'll do in 2021, plus much, much more before ending in the much-loved, much-talked-about Harrison's hierarchy. So let's get ourselves started with the first couple of clubs. So Division 1 this season, containing Alberbury, Beacon, Beaumont Heath, Bridge North Second Eleven, Chirk, Kund, Newtown, Pontsbury, Chiffnell Second Eleven, St George's, Wellington Second Eleven, and Werfield Second Eleven. Obviously, the first division lately being strengthened by teams coming down from the Birmingham League and some teams coming down from the Premier in what could be a very interesting season alongside some other sides that are seasoned Division One sides. So, before we go into depth about each side. What are our thoughts on the general makeup of the division this season? We'll start with Alex. Um, I think uh, certainly from last season in the half of the draw we played in, I think it would be a really competitive league where like most teams, if not every team, will think they'll have a chance of winning every week when they turn up to play, certainly depending on strength. I know sort of like the second teams like Bridge North, ourselves, Wellington and Chiffnall, like obviously relies on selection from the first team somewhat, but we'd still fancy our chances most week to turn up and certainly compete. And I think last year, almost every game was close. We won more games than we lost, but we we didn't blow many teams away at all, really. And we didn't lose by, it was only Schiffnall the once where we were beaten by like a decent sort of margin. And then the next week we actually beat them in a close game. So I'd imagine certainly from the games we're going to play, it'll be pretty similar to that. So I'm expecting a very competitive, like tight division. I think in our half of the draw last week, last year, I think it was 18 points from Schiffnell to Wellington where we finished third. So I can see it being that close up at the top and at the bottom of the league and really not a big difference sort of in the middle as well, to be honest. Harry? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting integrating these second teams with um, first teams in the league. So uh, I think depending on availability from like Wellington, um, Wellington and Schiffnall, I know I've played quite a bit of cricket with the with um, their second against their second team and their first team. So it's quite hard to call at the moment. I know personally, I want our, our team to aspire to get promoted. We've made a lot of good signings this year, but it's really hard to call. Like we, it could easily be we could easily lose a couple of games and end up bottom half of the table. So it's really hard to call at the moment. 
But uh, yeah, um, I, it's hard to say who's favourites at the moment. Uh, it, we, we'd like to put ourselves up there with the signings we've made, but we, it could easily be Wellington seconds and Sheffield who's up top. It's just really hard to call at the moment. Mm, and Andrew, obviously your second well, proper season in the Shropshire League, having got promoted from Division 2 last season, your thoughts having seen obviously half of the Division 1 group last year? Yeah, we're we're excited, man. Um, after playing after playing everyone last year, we wanna we wanna be at the very best and be as be as high as we can. We want we want to win the league. I don't I don't see what's what's the point in playing the game if you don't want to go out to win the league. Um, last last year was strange. It's hard it's hard to take on what happened last year, but I think the year before three three teams deserve to go up. I think us, you, Alex, and Warfield, I think we were by far the best in Division Two that needed to go up yeah. to do that step up to Division One. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to playing the likes of Sheffield, playing the likes of um, Bridge North, and I just want to get over that side. Um, very competitive last year. I think we only lost one game deservedly. We just deservedly lost by Birmingham Heath. They were the only team that outplayed us. I think that one game at, at your place, Harry. Do you remember? What What were the scores? Um, I think we got you up for 140. I'll take the compliment, though, Andrew. I'll take the compliment. <laughs> I'm sure Steve O took a few wickets. Yeah, I think him and Billy had a altercation. It was quite fun. It was good to watch. Oh, that. yeah, I do remember. <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> that was the only game that we deserved to lose. I think the two losses against Newtown, we, we, we should have won. We were, our, we, were the vic- we were our own worst enemy there. But yeah, I'm just excited. All the other teams, Beacon, the lot. I just, yeah, I just can't wait to get going. Yeah, I think last season we had two groups, didn't we? We had the John Reese yeah. group and Peter Byron group. And in the John Reese group, we obviously had three teams who were by far and away the top three. You had Newtown who finished first on 188, Cherk who finished second on 160, and Bowman on 148. And then in the Peter Byron group, it was pretty tight, to be honest. And uh, only Beacon really, were the only team who were far off and they finished bottom of their group. And yeah, it's, it's really going to be interesting for me. I think it's going to be interesting to see how these teams merge and where everyone meets and how well these newly promoted sides do. Obviously, Chirk did well last season and whether they can convert that against all the other sides in the league. So, John T., Everyone's preseason favourites, the ground that everyone wants to play at. Shifnal, how are your thoughts going into the season? To be fair, I agree with everything that the lads have said, James. Um, it's from 2019. The league I thought was was, was split into it was a, it was a league of two halves. You had you had a strong top six teams that were all competing, and then it was there was a bottom uh, team six. I'd say where this year I see it now. And I think Andy's hit the nail on the head. It's going to be really competitive this year. It's not going to be a, t- a top six and bottom six. I think, I think there's a good seven or eight teams uh, in the league that will all compete and that will all be able to beat each other. And yeah, that's exciting. Uh, I think there'll be a few teams at the bottom that will have that will be fighting against each other as well. So mm. yeah, it'll be exciting. Looking forward to playing. Obviously at, at Chirk, I've never played there. Looking forward to playing at Bowmere. It's been a long time since I played there and, and stuff. So. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be. It's going to be a good league. It's going to be competitive. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, some good first teams and some good second eleven teams. 
so yeah, so it's it's going to be a good season to be fair. And uh, everyone's everyone, all the lads are, are, are relishing getting stuck into it again. So we'll start off with the first two sides in our pre-season preview, and we'll start off with the mighty Albury CC. Finished fifth in the 2018 Division One League, then in 2019 finishing ninth, and then last season in the John Reese Division One finishing fourth out of sixth. In typical Albury way, there have been no signings in and no one has left. Obviously, what else would you expect? What a team. No one, no one needed to expand the excellence of the side, and no one obviously wanted to leave because the aftermatch social is so sublime. And also our second team that we're going to be previewing in this first part is Beacon Cricket Club in their last three seasons. They finished sixth in Division One in 2018, eighth in 2019, and finished sixth out of sixth in Peter Brown Division One. And obviously, a lot has been said about Beacon's season last year by Jamie Martindale, who's a regular on the podcast, but not tonight. Their transfers in are Chris Stretch, who's come in from Iscoid and Fence Bank, a bowler. And their transfers out, some big transfers out. Jamie Martindale, one of their top all-rounders, has gone to Shelton in the Premier Division. Marcus Clayton, one of their top club men all-rounders, has gone to Lillishaw First Eleven. Yuri Pugh, their wicketkeeper and batsman who's gone to Frankton to the Premier Division and Steve Reese, one of their top admin and general kind of organisers at the club has gone to Bowmere Heath and obviously a big member of their second 11 from everything what I hear. So guys, our general thoughts on these first two and remember be nice about Albury Cricket Club. <laughs> so who wants to get stuck into Albury first basically? <laughs> Uh, first of all, I'm looking forward to playing there. Uh, the boundaries are are quite small, from what I remember. It's been a while. Um, uh, I always like bowling there, personally. But um, it's been a while since I've uh, actually competed against Alberberry. So I kind of want to uh, ask you guys a few questions, like what, how have you been performing lately? Um, so I can kind of, uh, so I can kind of come off that. Alberberry or <laughs> yeah, Alberberry. I want to quiz you on Alberberry. <laughs> Uh, um, so yeah, I, well, I think our, our last season was we did actually quite quite well. Uh, well, when I say we did quite well out of our nine games, we won three. But um, I think the main thing for Albury this season, I don't think anyone would disagree. Our main goal is to survive and to finish outside of the bottom few, really. I think we're looking at our main players who are going to be Mark Jones, who is possibly one of the best players in the division and who for one reason or another ended up batting nine and not bowling and not keeping and fielding in the slip when he's the best batsman best bowler best wicket keeper best fielder in the whole side what's the chances of him playing um i i don't know i'm hopeful that he'll play the whole season and that he'll be keen because normally he'll bat three not chance that he'll bowl but he may keep or he may field in a position where he's very good to be honest our other star player is sam morris who's our captain and he's an exceptional bowler and to be honest when i say mark jones is our best bowler it's possibly also it's probably sam morris to be honest he is he is very very good and he can win you a game but also when i say he's very good with the ball he's got a game in him where he'll score a, a ton in 40 balls he can hit a long long ball and he is a, on his day he's one of the best players 
in Div 1. And yeah, one to watch for Albury this year. Is, I, I'd say is Yain Griffiths, someone who we signed for Monty last season, you know, who did very well with the ball, but has a lot of talent with the bat, who kind of didn't show what he could do. He didn't really showcase what he could do last season, but hopefully this season with a year in Div 1 under his belt. He's played in Div 1 before, but I mean, you know, a, a year in Div 1 with Albury, knowing what he's in for realizing that if you bat anywhere else <laughs> if you, wherever you bat you could come in within the first few overs you know hopefully he'll uh he'll hit the ground running and it'll be great but yeah i think this season for Albury, to be honest like we said survival uh, a bad season for would be a relegation i think teams that all will need to beat this year i think they'll be concentrating on making sure that they beat beacon ponsbury and possibly Warfield second 11 and I think if Albury can pick up anything else against any other teams like draws or wins, that would be a real bonus for the side. But again, Albury, I think, are a lot like many other village sides where if the main team that they want, like we've got Dom Zaza, who plays Worcestershire Academy, but because he plays for Worcestershire Academy and Shrewsbury School, he's available for two or three games a season. But if he plays, he, he can win a game for Albury easily he'll score 100 odds and make it look very easy uh, but it's again how many games he'll play Jordan Zaza uh, uh, prime example another player who used to play for Shrewsbury School but how many games he'll be able to turn up for and if he scores the runs you know he's another person who could win a game he could he could win multiple games for you you know and it's whether these players will turn up and I think Albury as well they've been a side who have we've had the same side for a very long time and I think we're trying to bring through some youth and it's a case of how consistent can the youth be and can they turn up every game? And it's it's one of those, you know, if Albury could go through a run of games where they don't win any for a long time, but they could also, if they if they all turn up to their potential and everyone performs better than they can, they can win any game that they want, theory. It's just whether they have all the players that they want to have and whether they all turn up. Really, yeah. Hey, start, uh, isn't it, as well, isn't it? Like, yeah. if you win a game and then win two games. Like, I think club cricket, like, momentum is just like flies through, isn't it? If you win a couple of games, the belief just in the team and everyone just like it's a massive difference, like, mm. makes such a big difference to how well a season goes. If you can start well, certainly like that. If you're thinking at the start, you're a team that's maybe not going to win many, but then you get off to a great start with a couple of wins can change the whole season. I mean, I, I played at Albury for the first time in 2019. And you know what? That was, that's what I enjoyed most about coming back to the, to, to Shropshire was playing at places like that. A beautiful little ground, um, great set of lads. And you know what? I, I think for somebody at Albury, you just, yeah, I hate saying the word village team. Um, but yeah, okay, you are a village team as in like it is a village. But you've got to like just think you're playing in, you're playing in a really decent league now. Mm. and competing and yeah, yeah you're going to lose a few games but if you win a couple and you stay in the league that's a great achievement for Alberbury and and stuff so Sam's a nice lad like uh, mm. he got 50 against us at our place Mark yeah you hit the nail on the head he's a good player he got 50 at your place so you've got a couple of lads there that can win you a game I think I think you've just got to win at home mm. win at home make it a little fortress and win at home for like travelling teams like ourselves like Church, like Wellington Mm. that aren't used to playing at places like Albury and, and, and win at home. And, and if you can get three or four wins in the season, you're going to be safe, aren't you? I think mean, that's a and, and go from there, really. Yeah, I mean, moving on to Beacon, because 
we could talk for hours and hours about Overbury and how awesome Overbury is as a club. And if you are interested in playing for a Division One club, and if you do want to come to us, uh, why not join? Especially if you're a spinner, uh, a seamer, or you've got an average above twenty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Beacon uh, finished sixth in 2018, as we've said, and like we said, not such a great season last year. So Alex, I know you know a few people in Beacon. Uh, what are your thoughts on them going into this year? Well, I, I, I can't say I know that too many about the people, but obviously we played them twice last year. Um, but uh, I think last year, obviously they normally have an overseas, don't they? Because um, our third team were in the league two or three years ago as well. Mm. Um, and when they played them, it was a very strong overseas player that basically won both games. So I think obviously without the overseas last year, I think Jamie's mentioned it before on the podcast that they kind of like bat around that person and then they open the bowl in or take a lot of their wickets. So that was a big hole in their team, obviously, last year. So I think that's probably had an effect on them last year. And like I was saying with momentum, they obviously got off to a slow start. And then they seem to just struggle with confidence, I think, um, to sort of then believe in themselves that they have the ability like, to actually win games and perform. That was the impression I got from sort of like playing against them twice. Like we, we started really well, certainly the first game. And after like 20 overs, it was like they'd kind of like just kind of almost resigned to that. Like it, it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to be their day. And it was only like 17 overs into the game. But then when mm. we played them at Wellington, it was a bit closer. We had a bit of a mini batting collapse. Then uh, we posted a reasonable total, took early wickets, and um, they, they again struggled. But Jamie came in. I think he put himself down the order a bit, came in. He hit quite a fast 40, so got them back up sort of to the run rate. But then when he was out, it was just over. But they did play a few young lads, so... But I think one of their problems is obviously the difference from their first team to their second team. So I think they are trying to give young lads mm. a chance last year, but it is hard as to like giving people an opportunity to play with young players, but then them not actually just being really good enough to play at that level. So it, mm. I think it'd be hard. It's like a hard mix of like giving someone a chance and then kind of like not putting them off cricket, but like if they're not good enough and then there's no point in bowling someone when they're mm. just getting smacked and just keep bowling and is there like... Yeah, I think it's one of the massive things with teams like Beacon. I mean, Beacon and Alberbury, both their second 11s are in Division 5. Yeah. And I having mean, a first 11 and second 11 so far apart, Andrew, obviously has its issues. Um, obviously, your first 11 in Division 1 and your second 11 in, in Division 7. But that being said, they, they played in Division 7, but gave Albury second 11 a very good run for the money last season. So, obviously, a team who could probably play above their station. Yeah, there's some really good young lads there in the team. The likes of Connor Bailey, who, in theory, should be, should be ones. He should be opening the bowling throughout mm. the whole of last year and looking to do it this year. It all depends where Connor's mindset is at, really. Mm. Um, I'm just going to try and plug away with him as much as I can, really, because the lad's good enough, more than, more than good enough to, to open the bowling for the ones. And you've got the likes of Sam Davis and Liam Walker, who are both 16, 17. Sam's got a bit of an attitude. He's a, he, he can be a little shit at times, to be fair. His dad will, his, his dad will be the first to say it. But he, <laughs> he's, he's got some ability, that lad. He just doesn't know it. 
Just yeah. doesn't know it. And then Liam, if Liam doesn't bat like his dad, Sean, then then we're laughing. <laughs> his dad opens the batting, and uh, yeah, one of the, one of the funniest moments where he just came. I remember he came out to bat against us. He goes. I just throw my bat at the ball, and if I get any runs, it's a bonus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is what you want for an opening batter, isn't it? You know what I, mean? <laughs> I wish I had that. <laughs> I wish I had that mentality. I'd have more runs than I do. So, uh, looking at Beacon, obviously, I, I know them quite well, so I won't say too much on this part, but who who do we think are their ones to watch? Who are their star players this season? Yeah, I've uh, when I, I've played against Dave, Dave Howard, I think when they were uh, when I was playing for our third team, and he was and they were in the division then, and he he was a very good player, like at yeah. that level. And then obviously they got promoted, and mm. um, and but last last season, obviously again he didn't play, so I'm not sure if there was other players missing. Mm. Um, obviously he's one of their players with the bat and ball, isn't he? Uh, if I remember right. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he does this year. And they've also got a young lad called Brooklyn Graham who will be one to watch out for. He's, I think he's about 14 or something and bowls uh, decent. So he's probably one of their best youth players to look out for. So Beacon obviously had quite good seasons recently, uh, but as we've mentioned, not gotten overseas this season. What do we think will be a good season for Beacon? And uh, what do we think would be uh, their goal going into 2021? I just, I was just going to say from everything I've heard, I think just to, just to compete on a regular basis, so just if they're not if they're not getting pummeled every game, uh, from what I've heard, I don't. I think it'd be a. I think it'd probably be a positive, because it, from what I've heard, when they don't have an overseas and we've only named one star player, I think if they're getting if they're competing regularly and they win five or six games, I think it'd be a positive. And then if they do end up getting relegated, which they might not, they can build from there. Mm. Well, I will say here on the podcast that they do have one of only two England cricketers to ever get an international T20 fifer in Guy Leslie, who uh, got it for Colombia. Um, he's also a very good batsman. Uh, I think they'll also be looking for a good season from Mike Turner. And also, you know, they've they've got a range of other good players. If Graham Cowie turns up this season, that'll be good. Chris Cook, obviously, always a good player. Bowls a good line and length. And they'll also be looking for a couple of their second 11 players to be turning up next season um oh yeah, I, uh, like I, I say like i think like last year they had some like good young lads playing mm. it did give them a chance with the ball and a bit with the bat but it's just hard like when they have that step up but i think like again another good thing from this year is just again giving those youngsters like the chance they got last year as well and like hopefully mm. they can build on their experience from last year or take learn from what they the chances they get this year as well in the team, if like last year, they are a bit short and they give the youngsters a chance, which is always a good thing in my opinion. And hopefully they can build on that and get closer to being doing doing and winning games for them at that level as well. So we'll move ourselves on to the next two sides and Bowmere Heath and Bridge North second 11. So Bowmere finished seventh in the Prem in 2018, got relegated in 2019, finished in 12th and last season in the John Reese first division, finished third out of the sixth. Transfers in this season brought in Andy Flan from Allscott, Steve Reese from Beacon, Richard Thomas from Riemann, Toby Jones is a free agent. Bridge North second 11 finished first in the Birmingham League Division 2 second 11, finished seventh in the Shropshire Cricket League Division 1 in 2019 and finished second out of sixth in the Peter Byram Division 1 last season. Their only transfer out, Alex Hill 
to Warfield. So we'll start off with Bowmer Heath. And Harry, your thoughts on this season and the season that has just gone. What are your thoughts moving forward? Where do you think you're going to be and what's your goal for the year? So I'll start with last season. I think we've always struggled with our batting and we've, and we've always had a stronger bowling lineup than our batting. So this season we've looked to bring in solely batsmen. So we've brought in Andy Flan, who's come back after a four-year hiatus at Allscott. And we've actually got him down at nets for once. And he's actually batting quite well. Uh, we've brought in Steve Reese, who's helping with the uh, administration. He's really helping organise the club and helping me organise training, which has been the most formal it's been in a long time. Richard Thomas, is. I played, I played county with him throughout the age groups. He's scored runs in the Prem consistently. He's a very good bat and a good, a good seam bowler. And Toby Jones has played a lot of Shrewsbury twos. I played, I played a lot with him at county as well. He goes in and gives it a bash. So I'm trying to work with him on just not getting himself out in, in the 30s every game, which he's been doing a lot, but he does, he does give it a whack. So referring to our star player, it's a real hard one. So I, I think our top order is the strongest it's been in years. So we've got Rich, well, we've got Rich who's going to be batting three. I'm looking to open the batting this year with um, there's a, loads of different options. We've got Matt Jones, who also bowls seam. Robert Dean, he's, he's, he's average, he usually average over 20 every year. And there's, there's loads of different options. Bowling-wise, we've got myself bowling. The, I'm the only front-line spinner. Um, we've got Rob Dean wants to throw some left-arm chuckers down. I'm not sure about that yet, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> Um, he's been he's been working at training quite a lot, and it's looking pretty decent. Uh, we've got a lot of first change seamers, so Matt Jones, mm-hmm. Connor Green, um, stuff like that. Um, so it's really hard to pick one star player, but one to watch, as I've mentioned before, is Richard Thomas, and it just depends. Mm-hmm. He's coming back from uni next week, and if he gets going, he could really he could really help propel us forward. So I think a good season for us, based on what I've seen in training, and I've I've started just integrating some sports psychology that I've been because I'm doing a masters in it, and it's, it seems to be working. So I'm just inducing more and more pressure in training sessions, and people have changed the way they're batting, and it's, I can't believe they've actually bought into it and understood what I was talking about. I didn't think they would, but yeah, they've they've really bought into it, and they just and it's the mo- it's the best we've batted since the, since I've been come back. So I'm really confident we can finish the top top half of the table, but. I don't want to put too much pressure on on everyone. So they take they came, they told me before I came on like don't big us up too much. And I've gone and done it. I've gone and done it. Top but, two um, this season for but, Birmingham. Uh, yeah, everyone's very confident, and for the first time in a while, it's looking like we've got nine top order batsmen, and we're not going to be able to. We're going to have to drop some down to the second team based on availability, of course. So it's uh, so it's left in the air at the moment, but we're really confident, and we're really looking forward to it. I mean, someone who I think is one of your star players, who I can't believe that you uh, haven't called out, is uh, one Chris Stevens. Yeah, I didn't want to mention him just for his ego, to be honest, but uh, <laughs> I- I'll talk about him. He's still ball- he's still bowling like mid-70s, to be honest. Um, uh, he just trots in and then fires him down as quick as he can and bounce- tries to bounce people. So he's-, he's, still- he's still got the fear factor that he's always had. And he's still bowling consistent line and length. And he's developed this new back of the hand ball, which he keeps going on about. Um, so yeah, he's still bowling really well. So the only thing we're lacking, I'd say, is another opening bowler. We seem to have, like I mentioned, we just have these first change bowlers. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how um, in preseason we try and we try and train someone up to be that opening bowler as well. So we've we, we've we've talked around maybe opening myself bowling spin and see, how, uh, or maybe bowling Matt Jones bowling with a new ball. But he's always been going on about he hates he can't control the swing. <laughs> 
in it. He oh. goes all over the place. So, Andrew, someone who's played against them last season, your thoughts on Bomi and their chances this year? Yeah, I think they'll be strong. Um, especially and if, you, if you're going to recruit any lads anyway, um, you're only probably trying to get the best in. So whether you know them or not, recruiting three or four lads is, is going to make them stronger. Um, you, can't, you can't shy away from Chris Stevens like he's the thing that is, the thing that I love about him is that he's so passionate about the game. Like when he's playing, he'll put he'll put everything into it. Up until and then off the field, he'll he'll stand and chat to you all day long. It was it's the passion for me from him. I I just yeah, you can you, you're in awe of him when he's bowling. Really, it's something that you want to you want to look up to and you want to become yourself. I, probably not mm. as passionate as him, but. Um, no, it's. I think they'll do well. I think that. I think they will do well. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's getting on a bit now, and he's still throwing himself around the field. <laughs> he, he'll do it. He'll put. And he's a great example for the youngsters coming up because. Well, think exactly. Yeah, I think the problem we've had is that in the twos, we we basically got a bunch of thirteen and fourteen year olds, and then a bunch of fifty year olds. So hmm. I think it's still going to be a couple of years until we until we see the second the second team has come up. So this season's gonna be dependent a lot on availability, like um, like a lot of the village teams around here. So we'll move ourselves on to the next side, which is Bridge North Second Eleven. Our thoughts on Bridge North Second Eleven going into next year. Yeah, very, very good side. Um a very strong side. Uh, to be fair, you've got Matt Martin who, who's skipper. Um Good lad and, and very experienced and Mr. Mr. Reliable. You can guarantee you'll get five to six hundred runs for Bridge North, probably more. Um, you've got Pete Thompson who's come back. Um, Pete's played a lot of first team cricket. Um, and last year he really he's just got back into it and he looked he looked like he always did. So expect Pete to get a lot of runs as well this season. And then you've got young Joe Smallman, um, who probably might play first, to be fair, probably doing Joe a bit of dis- disservice there, but if he does play twos, Joe Joe opens a bat in and gives it a whack. Good player. So they'll be strong. They, they play very well at Bridge North. Small ground, very good batting track. Um, I, I don't think I'm, I'm doing a little dis, dis, uh, service. I say they probably lack a bit of bowling. That's probably their weakness. Um, but they, they recover it in their batting. So they'll, they, might, they might get 280, so it doesn't matter. Um, they can defend it. So... Yeah, good side. We had a really good battle with them last year in in the league. Uh, they're, they're good lads. Uh, a great place to play if you've not played there. Uh, and they'll do well. They'll they'll do well. They'll, they'll be they'll be in the top half. Um, definitely top. I'd say they'll be in the top four. Mm. Yeah. So we're looking at like Cameron Wallace, who was top wicket taker with fifteen last year. And Alex Yarnley thirteen. Ross Hudley with twelve. And Toby Hughes on eleven. Then obviously they've lost Alex Hill, who got ten last year but uh, Alex your thoughts on Bridge North last year obviously a team you didn't play in 2019 but they finished seventh in last year finished second of your regional group last year what were your thoughts playing Bridge North second 11 last year yeah um echoing uh what Johnty said to be honest like a bit like they're very good cricket team and like we we actually beat them both times we played them but they were really really close games so it could have gone either way it's mm. one of those where we possibly had the luck a bit and then we've just managed to edge it sort of at the end. Both of them were actually quite low scoring, which mm. like Johnty says, because we, we were stronger on the bowling, they're probably stronger on the batting. Mm. We managed to sort of just get over the line both times batting second, really. But yeah, good cricket team, like, like I think all the teams we played last year, really just didn't know when they were beaten as well. So just always push right to the end, like 
Jonty was saying with Matt and Pete, like two really experienced batsmen. And Pete Thompson didn't actually play against us, which again, like if they'd had him in um, mm. one of the games, they'd probably got over the line for us. But very good yeah. team. And like you said, Joe Smallman batted really well at Wellington, mm. first game of the season, got 60. And another lad, Niall McAdam, he batted really well as well. So much like, like Wellington and Schiffner, when we came across each other, like they were a mix of like senior, older guys who were like, when they're batting or with the young lads bowling, seemed to be like bringing them along well. And it was a good mix of young and old and sort of like experience and up and coming talent, as it were. Mm. And they seemed to get the mix pretty, pretty spot on there. So mm. we had two, like I said, really good games where, I think we won the first game with about eight balls left and the second game with about two overs with about a couple of wickets left each time. So mm. really good game. But we beat them twice, but they finished above us. So obviously over the season, they've mm. fought better than us. But really good team. And like Jonty said, I imagine they'll be, depending on availability of their first team as well as their seconds, like they'll be top three or four, like he says, I'd imagine. But obviously I didn't play half the teams last year, but... Mm. They're very good cricket team. Yeah, yeah, Alex, Alex is right, mate. Uh, like I say, Joe might play first, so they might they might not have Joe, um, so he'll be a miss if, if he is playing ones. But I mean, Matty will probably chuckle to himself if he listens to this. Um, I've known him a lot. Like as soon as Matt comes in, I'll give him one, and I don't care. <laughs> give him one, bowl at the others, and 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 uh, that that's what we do every time we play against him, and mm-hmm. and we, we get the others out. Uh, and stuff. Pete Pete just gives them a bit of extra experience and he's a class act. He's played a lot of first team cricket, um, mm. been around a long time. He knows exactly what he's doing. So yeah, if they've got Matty, if they've got Matty and Pete playing every game or most games, that mm. they'll do well. Um, but yeah, you, you, you're right, and Alex is right. If you can get if you can get through them two, then then you stand a good chance. But if Matt like Matt, just give so there we go we've heard it give Matthew Martin one and uh, ball out the rest of the nine <laughs> just uh, just uh, I know obviously we've talked about we've talked about batting to be fair though I, I, you mentioned his name earlier and I, I didn't think but Shaq, Toby Hughes he, now he opens the bowling for him he, he's a class act as well he's been around mm. a long time knows exactly what he's doing with it swings it both ways you get him on a green one it he's hard to get away. So, yeah, he'll probably be, be their best bowler, I should imagine. Mm-hmm. Cam Wallace has just brought a new house with his, with his wife-to-be, so you probably won't see a lot of him. Um, anyway, Chirk finished uh, 12th in North Wales Prem, which to us means nothing, which you'll, uh, which you can tell us all about in a bit, Andrew. And uh, uh, finished second in the uh, Shropshire Cricket League Division 2 and then finished second in the John Reese Division 1 now, obviously, when you joined the league, you were all the talk of the Shropshire League and all the people who were in the know said that you were a team to look out for and possibly a team who were put in a division lower than they should have been and pretty much showed it in 2019 where you pretty much rolled everyone except the mighty Wellington second 11. There you go, and Alex, you owe me a tenner and, uh, <laughs> and uh, did very well last season by coming in second. So one transfer in, in Gareth Rigdon, and no transfers out. So nothing but strengthening for Chirk. What are your thoughts on this season? And uh, who's your star player? No, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, Billy's won, Billy's won again, I think. Um, I thought he was unbelievable last year. He came into his own last year, I think. Um, even even with it being a shortened season, um, he was he was class-like. He was absolutely class. 
Um, but you can, Nick Flax, another. I, like I can name them all. It's it's, it's annoying. You, I can't. You struggle to name one because if you name one, you'll name another. Um, mm. And he was Nick was unreal again. He just scores one for fun. He's another one. If you if he if he's in, he, he's in like and every everything it's the bat. Then you've got the young lads like James Carter mm. and mm. Wynn Jones who um will come and do it. We hope we'll hopefully have Gaz Partridge for at least half the year. For some strange reason, he's decided to cycle. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To Australia, um, doing it in weird ways. and So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can have a little bit. We can just keep him for, for a bit longer. He wants to go pretty much as soon as lockdown and everything's open, back up and mm. running again. So hopefully they shut... Um, they, they stop the crossing over from Newcastle so he doesn't have to go for a while. Like. So, Andrew, what are your thoughts on this season? Uh, obviously, every team wants to get promoted, but what do you generally think will be a good season for you guys and who do you think will be your standout player? And who's the one to watch? Who's your youth player to look out for? Um, I, I want I want to... Personally, I, I want to win the league. Like I want to I want to come into the league and win the league. And the top top three is something that we definitely want anyway. It's what everyone wants, but yeah, winning the league is probably the most important thing out of all that. Looking looking at one to watch, I'd probably say Sam Davis. Between him and Liam Walker, I think them them two young lads, raw, keen. Liam's like vice captain of the seconds as well now. He's he's got a lot of potential. Um, mm. He can. He can do it. He just needs to stay away from his awful dad's batting style, and then we'll be all right. <laughs> I keep I keep mentioning it, but I need to get it across to Sean, and he needs to stop playing like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Harry, as someone who's played Chirk, what do you think that they need to get them to the point where Andrew needs them to be? Is in what his goal is is to win the league. What do you think that they need to do? Um, what is your opening baller's name? Um, the quick one. It's Andrew Swarbrick. Andrew Swarbrick. Is it Andrew Swarbrick? <laughs> well, it's him. Is, is it really? If it is, it's, it's you. <laughs> it's, it's you. Took the bowling really well. I remember last year. I was like, he's quite sharp. Isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's you'd have to bowl really well. Um, we we didn't expect it when we turned up away from home that you'd have someone like yourself bowling as quick as you did, and 
I think your batting lineup is relatively deep as well. We found it hard to to take consistent wickets and get uh, so I think you just have to get runs from throughout your batting order. And mm. I think if you do that, you're going to be up there. Um, you're definitely stronger than we expected when we turned up. We didn't know what to expect when we turned up. So we we turned up and then um, I think you beat us at, at your place, didn't you? Yeah, we, we you beat did. Steve-O tried to, tried to smash it at the end. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah Steve-O came in and got a quick fire 30. But apart from that, you, can't, you, you beat us quite convincingly at your place. So I think if you perform to uh, the standards you did last year, I think you'll be right up there. Yeah, uh, yeah, our batting, it's its frustrating watching our batting because, like you said, on their day, they're, they're, they're unreal. But like James Carter on his day can go off. Mm. Easily score a, score a turn. The only sort of one that's massively consistent and has been for about 10 years is Nick Flack, who... Mm. Unbelievable you, person, can I just you, say on this Yeah, podcast. you are so comfortable. <laughs> you are so comfortable even looking, looking from the... From another, the other end or on the on the side, you are so comfortable when he's batting. He's so elegant when he's doing it as well. I love he, watching him bat. He, he makes I've batting look seen... so easy. He looks like he's got yeah. lots of time, which is like what you would say is the hallmark of any good batsman. Yeah. What you, it, what you need to do against him, James, is just uh, injure them all, which is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I think Throw we... some rogue balls on the pitch whilst I they're warming up. Graham McGrath dislocated Nick Flack's finger or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, when he was bowling, and then Andrew like broke his shoulder after about an over. So then it was uh, then it was all right to be honest. <laughs> uh, first first game of the season then, that was. Like, we I still away, remember yeah. it. So we'll move ourselves on that onto our next team and Kund first eleven. So a team who got relegated from the Premier Division and finished 11th in 2018. They finished 11th and got relegated from Division 1. In theory, in 2019 and 2020, they finished 6th out of 6th in the Shrewsbury and West Division 2. But due to the fact that Knocking and Kinnerly asked them league to get relegated because they were the team who finished penultimate last in 2019, they are playing in Division 1. Now, couldn't have made some big signings in the winter and they brought in Joe Yap, one of the star signings. They brought him in from Sentinel, a player who I think we can all agree should be playing Premier Division cricket, but loves Kund and has decided to come back. And he has brought with him Callum Marsh, a player who has torn it up in Division One before and also played well in the Prem previously as well. They've also brought in... Pontsbury's opening batsman Matt Hartshorn. They've brought back Kenny Hamer from Newtown and Dan Griffiths back from Condover, who were both away for one year. And to be honest, I don't even think Kenny played a game for Newtown last season. And Jamie Brooks, who's come back to Sestrians from Northampton, who had a brief game for Alberbury Cricket Club last season, but no hard feelings there, Jamie. So, Kund this season, a team who didn't do quite well in the Prem, didn't do well in Div 1, and obviously didn't have a great year last year, but some big signings this year. And would I would assume under Joe Yap's captaincy, be looking to have a very good season this year, Alex. Yeah, I would say um, you've just got a lot sort of like right off the last couple of years, haven't you, for them really, with the mm. players they've like brought back in, like Joe and Callum and the other lads and what happened last year. It's just like a totally different team, isn't it, really? like seems Exactly. Like it's a very sort of like more of a long-term thing they're looking at now. And I think they did have some 
younger players in their team last year. I know they weren't in the division mm. I played in, but I know like Dan Parry, obviously, who'd been playing on the Sunday, scoring like hundreds every week on the Sunday, came into the Saturday team and batted, played well for him. So that was certainly mm. like one positive from last season they had. And then so you'd like to hope people like him will continue this year with all the new lads coming in. So it's like a clean slate for them almost, I guess, and just like start from now and see where they go. Um, but like for me, looking at it, it's just a total unknown, really. Like you just don't know, do you? you know you've got good players there. Like we talked about the other teams, sort of two or three good batsmen, good bowlers. The rest of them, I, I won't really know much about, but you think they build a team around Joe. Callum mm. with the ball and they're always going to like I said I think they're going to be able to compete with any team especially in the sort of like win-lose draw games when you've got people that can bowl 15 overs mm. or 14 overs even like if someone's bowling well it's only one bowler in your team that's bowling well 14 overs they can make the game close by bowling mm. that well yeah you're looking at you're looking at Kun this season with Joe Yap you've got someone who's a seasoned Premier Division player and not only is he a game changer with the bat and ball but he's also going to be bringing that kind of mentality with his captaincy this year and I do know that he's brought in his good friend Andy Harrison as first team coach this year and it's it's going to make a big difference Harry obviously you've played Joe when he's played at Sentinel how big a, how, obviously Callum Marsh as well I'm not sure if you played against him but he's yeah, he's a very he's a very well. very good spinner and how much how much of Kun's season is going to rely on those two having a very good season and obviously we missed that Graham Tro who is an, a seasoned campaigner who's very much a Shropshire County cricket legend well yeah Tro he coached me from the age of 12 when I played at Kund, um and he's always been one to I've always he's always been one to score a lot of runs no matter who what team he's playing in um, so I think they're going to rely a lot on him and Joey App is. I don't think I think every game I played against him, he's either taken wickets or he scored a lot of runs. Every every game, he's always taken wickets against us. And same with Callum Marsh, he bowls really consistent spin. Um, so I think they'll make a massive difference. I think that what they have lacked in the past is a quality spinner. From when I used to mm. play them a couple of years ago, definitely they've they've had some decent seamers, but when when they get to the middle overs, I think that's where it's let them down and where we've been able to pile on the runs against them. So I think that plugs a big hole in their game. So I think they'll be one to watch out for this season. I don't know many of the other players. I don't know from, it's been a couple of years now, but from their, what their signings, it looks like they've strengthened quite quite a lot. What do we think will be a good season for Kun? Do we think mid-table? Do we think that they'll be pushing for the top? I mean, obviously, with Joe Yappi, Callum Marsh, if they come off this season and Matt Archer and Jamie Brooks, do we think that they should be a team that should be looking to be up there? Obviously, a team who used to be in the Prem. I think, like you're saying, like how competitive I think it could be, and I think, like Jonty said, like from sort of, sort of like one down to eight, there could be loads of close games every week. And like I said, we, we, Wellington, we, we've seemed to have close games every week, and we've edged most of them over the last two years. But it's just whether you can get yourself over the line in more than more than you lose in those games, or depend whether you're like in the top four or sort of like more down at seven or eight. So I think mm. you could have very close games every week, but you could still end up losing them all, but you could win them all. So I think Kund will be in that bracket, like you say, like they'll have a lot of close games, like I imagine lots of teams will. It's just whether they can find a way to get the wins and get over the line more often than not will depend whether they're like higher mid-table or towards the top or they're back towards the bottom. But I wouldn't have thought they'd be 
fighting relegation, but I'm sure they'll be happy to just be solidly mid-table for the first year, given the like circumstances of the last year and all the players coming in, because they've obviously got to gel together, haven't they, to get some kind mm. of like team going. So anyway, we move on to our next sides, and we've got Newtown First Eleven, who finished tenth in the Premier in 2018, finished fifth in Division One last season, and finished first in the John Reese Division out of their sixth. And Ponsbury, who are our other team, who finished fourth in Div One in 2018, sixth in 2019 in Div One, and fifth out of five in the John Reese Division One. Now, Ponsbury, obviously one of the best village sides, and Newtown, possibly one of the sides who you're looking at being one of the best of the rest. Uh, one of the teams who's come down for the Prem and who have always consistently performed. Now, Newtown obviously lost David Laird most recently, but also, you know aren't shy of a few very good bowlers. Our thoughts on Newtown, and we'll start off with our our Welsh contingent, Andrew Swarbrick. Yeah, I think they're decent. With someone like Dave, Dave Anthony at the top, he's, um, um, he's a bit like a bit like Chris Stevens at Bulmy. He's a bit, a bit like myself at Chirk. He's, he's a class act, like he's unbelievable. Um, he's not bad with the bat either. He can, uh, he can swing it about. I, th- I think they'll do well. I do really think they'll do well. Um, I think I think I think John T said it earlier on, and the same with Alex. Will us us four here, um, Newtown as well, and and Bridge North by the looks and sound of things, it looks like it's going to be sort of be, or what I hope to be, sort of us lot going for it. Um, yeah, but I think Newtown Newtown will be up there. Newtown will definitely be up there. Yeah, so Dave, just going on to Dave Anthony. I obliged him last year, and he's one of the quicker bowlers in the division. Swung it both ways. I think he took my off stump up the ground, second over. Swing, uh, he swung a couple into me and then swung one away. So he's definitely a tricky customer, as long along with his brother. And I think it was one of the toughest games we had last year. I think they beat us at their place quite convincingly, and they just they rattled through us. Uh, they rattled through us quite quickly. Obviously, our batting wasn't great last year, mm. but uh, both their bowling and their batting is pretty strong, and I do expect them to be up there. Yeah, they had a solid. They had a couple of solid batsmen up at the top that put a partnership together, and after that, it was that they didn't have too much strength and depth. But at the top, that's where they're going to score most of their runs, I imagine. They're a good. They're a good set of lads. Um, to be fair, Dave, you've all hit the nail on the head. Dave Anthony, very good bowler opening up. Um, I think you said Tom Anderson, another good bowler. When we played him in 2019, they, they stood out. They, they were the best in the league bowling attack. I don't think they'll be far away this year as well. Um, they lacked batting in 2019. Uh, obviously, Lady, they've lost Lady now as well. So, I think similar that they're probably struggle a bit with the batting, but their bowling will be class and they'll bowl teams out. So, ex- expect them to, to definitely be up there. Um, again, you're going to Newtown, people, not many people have played there. It's a tough place to go and play as well. Mm. Uh, and they play really well there. Uh, yeah, Dave and John, good lads, but yeah, play it hard on the pitch as it should be. Uh, we all yeah. were all the same, and I'm similar. Like we play it hard on the pitch, but then you have a great crack and a beer with them after. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of lads that I definitely want to. I keep saying it, and I didn't need to organise it with them. Stay over there and have a good piss up in Newtown, um, <laughs> because I could, yeah. But yeah, tough, tough, tough place to go and play, and and they'll be good this year. Um, they, they enjoyed playing at Shifton on a fast bouncy track, uh, as I'm sure Andy will when he when he comes and plays. So yeah, it's tough, tough team to play. Really tough team to play, and they'll be up there without a doubt. 
Yeah, and I think Newtown are one of those sides. It's a bit like in football when you go to a certain team and you know that playing away from home is always going to be a bit harder because when you turn up, it's always going to be a hostile environment. And I think Newtown's one of those clubs, you know that no matter what side they've got out, whether it's their strongest side or their weakest side, it's always going to be a hard environment to play in because they make it hard for you to play in. They've got a good bowling attack. They've got a good batting attack, but they'll also make it hard for you to score runs. And uh, we move yeah. ourselves on to Pontsbury, a team who we'd probably say the best of the village sides, friends of the podcasts, and uh, one of the teams that we want to do well. And in the last three seasons, they've just come fourth, sixth, and obviously not a great season last season, finishing fifth, but we can excuse that. Uh, no transfers in, but transfers out. They've lost Matt Hartshaw, an opening batsman from Kund. They've lost Dan Walker, who's gone to Shelton, who's a massive loss, I'd say, probably uh, one of their main youth players. I'd say the star players looking forward to 2021 are going to be Owen Morris if he plays and Matt Ramsey. Now, one to watch, I'd say, is Emily Churns. I, I really think she's going to be one to watch with bat and ball. So what are our thoughts for Pontsbury in 2021? Do we think that they will have a good season like they did in 2019? Do we think that they've got a possibility of going up again? Or do we think that just mid-table will be all right? And we'll start with John T. Yeah, I don't, to be honest, James, I don't know a lot about uh, Pontsbury, unfortunately, mate. Um, 2019, we didn't play at their place. Um, it got it got, it got rained off really early on in the week. Uh, and I'll, I'll never forget it. And I'll probably get some stick for this. But I was in Mallorca and I got a message from their skipper saying we're off. And I was like, it's fucking Tuesday. <laughs> That's happened like him. But I know it does flood really bad there. So... I, yeah, but I got some stick on I got some stick on Twitter about it because I said like I've never I've never known a game be called off so early. But anyway, uh, but yeah, they they were I don't get it. They were flying in 2019, weren't they? They were beating everybody, beating absolutely everybody, and like everyone was saying, oh, Pontsbury this and that, and like fair play, they they were they looked like they were going to do really well. But then we played them at our place, um, and yeah, it was must have been half the team that they put out all year, and and yeah, they dropped away. So yeah, don't know what happened, don't know a lot about them. Um, and, and their players, unfortunately, aren't. but from what I've heard, I think just just looking at it, mate, I think they'll that they'll be sadly down there, won't they, and battling in that that bottom that bottom half of the table. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's all I really know about them, mate. To be honest, oh, well, I've I've played Pontsbury a lot uh, throughout my time playing in the Shropshire League. Um, I've always loved; they were a lovely bunch of lads. Every I, I love playing against them, mostly because we beat them quite a lot. We always have really good games against them, really close. They have a lot of uh, steady seamers. Uh, steady operators and they have a decent off spinner but uh, their batting's probably a bit light especially once you get down the order I'd say and we and that's where we've won most of our games we've batted first and then they've uh, we've just taken they've gotten like 50 to 2 and then they kind of rattled through them so I think if they want to have a decent season they're going to have to they're going to have to find some runs down the order and the, their bowlers are going to have to bowl more consistently like their seamers have offered offered us quite a few um offered our openers quite a good start quite often so I think if they're going to want to say up they're going to have to um, they're going to have to find some more consistency within their game yeah I think I'm the same with with John T really I think they'll um, unfortunately be down there um, they give us two quite good games to be fair at, at their place and our place they, I mean we were struggling at our place for what we were 30, 30 off to 6 or something at one point and we managed to put 170 odd so that was uh, that was good. They've got a class wicketkeeper who's a captain. What's the what's the captain's name? Was it Mark Lewis? Was it? Yes. 
Mark. Yeah. Unbelievable keeper he is. Mm. Nice lad, good captain. Um, and there's a there was a, he came on, I think, second or third change. Seemed like he's a young lad. Mm. I don't know what his name is. He's quite, quite quick, to be fair to him. But he, he's decent. I like the look of him. I couldn't remember his name, though. Um, so, yeah, Ponsby, next season, what are our thoughts? Obviously, like we said, the best of the village clubs in the past few seasons. Where do we think that they should turn up? Um, I think they should just aim to get middle table. Middle table will be a good season for them. I think, especially after losing those uh, their opening batsmen, they will. I would say their bowling is definitely their strength. So if they just if they bowl consistently and spread their runs throughout the team, I think they can probably get up to middle table. Um, so anyway, we move on to our next set of sides, and we've got favourites. They finished fifth in the Birmingham League Premier Division second eleven. They finished fourth in the Shropshire Cricket League Division 1 and last season they finished first in the Peter Vaughan Division 1 that is Schiffnell second 11 the other side is St George's Cricket Club who finished 8th in 2018 in the Prem they finished 11th in 2019 and they finished 4th in the Peter Vaughan Division 1 last season and they've made a couple of big season signings their first one being Matt Batkin, who they brought in from championship-winning Wellington first eleven, and we'll get Alex's take on that in a minute. And they've also brought in Azad Rafiq, who's come back from Whitchurch Cricket Club, and they've also signed Mo Zahir, who's come from All Scott. So, our thoughts on these sides going into 2021. We'll start off with Schiffnell second 11 and John T where better to start than you mate where, where do you think your what's your goal for 2021 where do you think your boys will finish and who is the player to look out for except for the former Shropshire steamer John T Mountford <laughs> well mate obviously um our aim without doubt is obviously to win the league um at least promotion but yeah to win the league and, and get up to the Prem. Um, we were really disappointed in 2019 when we didn't manage it, to, to be honest, James. Um, but that, yeah, I touched on it earlier. That was key down to a few games of availability in crucial games um, where we put out some weaker sides and, yeah, we've had, and deservedly got hammered. So we, we, we've learned from that, mate. And availability is the key for us. I, keep, I know we've all said it, but it, but it is. Um, we've got a really good first-team squad, uh, Muzz's team. Um, that we haven't lost anybody. If anything, we've got Alex White that stayed. That's fantastic for, uh, for Mother's and great for us. And I've got a great team in the seconds, a great squad. So without, if, if, I, if I can put out a consistent side every week, we, sh we, should, we should really compete to win the league or get promoted um, without a doubt. But that, the key is availability. Um, if Mother's missing a few and then I miss a few, I can go from putting out a class side one week to then... Te terrible the next and that that happened sadly against Frankton in, in, and Shelton a couple of times in that it, during that season so that that's a lesson learned from us numbers is key we've got a really good squad we've got plenty of plenty of quality and, and experience um just in terms of transfers in we haven't we, we, we haven't had many but we've got Matt Denver which has come from Wellington um who's key for, for me because he's a keeper and that's massive I know that might sound daft but I have never had a consistent keeper. I've had to keep chopping and changing. So, so to have somebody that's a regular keeper is massive, really, um, for me. 
and obviously Matt, Matt will bat in the top order and, and, and bolster that for us. So, so that's massive. Uh, in terms of transfers out, unfortunately, we haven't really lost anybody in terms of transferred out, if that makes sense. With Josh White, who's a, who's a good batter for us, but he only plays a handful of games. He lives down Melbourne Way, so he's staying local down there. But a big loss for me, uh, and it's not a transfer out, but it's, he's not going to play, sadly, is Ian Simmons. He's not playing for me this year because he's just had a knee operation. So all the best to EC, um, but he'll be a massive loss for me. Class at, class batter, really well respected in, in the Shropshire League and guaranteed 500, 600 runs a year. So we, we've lost Ian, um, which, which is a shame. But just in terms of the squad, uh, we, we've got... You've got like the likes of Mark Bissell, kills me saying it. He's one to look out for, star player, really, with the bat. Um, yeah, he's got he's got he's got a big ego, but yeah, he, he delivers, he's good. He'll get six to seven hundred runs a year. Uh, and then the one to watch with the bowling, we've got is Alex Renton, class off spinner, like really good. Yorkshire lads played a lot of first team cricket. Don't be surprised if he doesn't get 40 to 50 wickets this year and win games. Like I said, it's like you've got I've got him. I've got Henry Davis and I've got Sean Lorimer, all really good spinners that will that will take a lot of wickets at this level. Um, it's 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 no lie, is it? We, we've all played a lot of cricket. People don't play spin very well at the level, and yeah. and then guys will win us games. Um, I've got a good bowling lineup, got some good seamers um, as well. So it's, I think bowling is our strength. If I can keep it, so mm. if, I keep, if I can keep the availability with the batters, uh, I think the bowlers will win us a lot of games uh, this mm. season. And then I was just touching on the one to watch. Uh, I'm sure you've heard his name. is Jack Holm. Yeah. Um, young lad, 14, um, on Worcestershire's books. Apparently his brother's all right, isn't he? Yeah. Charlie. yeah he's uh, he's all right, yeah. His yeah. always gets me out. He's, uh, he's a class act. Yeah, don't get me wrong. He's got a little chip on his shoulders, but that's what I love about him. Um, he's a pain in the arse, the captain. It's like, mm. like I have a Saturday away like from Freddie, my son, but this, it's like babysitting anyway. Um, Jack. <laughs> But he's quick. I mean, he's put on a yard again this winter. He's tall, he's lanky, like, and, and he's quick. So he'll 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 ruffle a few up this year. So, yeah, mm. we are confident. Don't get me wrong. We've got to be. We 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 um we want to win the league and go up. But availability mm. is literally key. But anyway, moving on to the next team is St George's, a team who finished eighth in 2018, uh, finished eleventh and got relegated in 2019, and finished fourth in the Peter Byram. Division one last season, they've obviously brought in quite a lot of players, and their main signing being Matt Backin from Wellington First Eleven. So, I think we best start with Alex here. Um, so, St George's, a team who've come down from Division one and have taken a player who were part of your First Eleven, a team who have won the division. So, what are your thoughts on that, Alex? Um, well, uh, good luck to him, to be honest, like at uh, St George's, I think like with the COVID restrictions and everything last year, I didn't like, uh, I didn't really speak to him that much or uh, see him. I might have introduced myself to him at the start of the season, but obviously did a good job for our first team, but uh, has uh, left. I'm not entirely sure. Like, I think it was like basically he just wanted to go and play with his friends is what I, I heard. So uh I don't know like what his like official reason for leaving is, but uh, our mm. first team of like with the squad size they've got, they're hoping to like just gives another young lad in our group a chance to be honest to step up. Yeah. But, uh, he obviously contributed well towards the uh, the title last year for the first mm -hmm. team. So 
Clarkson I mean, runs won't be missed, but you, you don't know, obviously, till the season coming in. But um, we played St George's, obviously, twice last year, beat them once, lost to them once in a really close game, which we had a bit of a nightmare for about an hour, and I think we got bowled out for about 30 runs at one in the end. But uh, mm. it was a close game, and like other games we played, just every team just competes and doesn't want to be beaten. So mm. I imagine with their signings they've got and lads that have come back to their club as well, who've maybe left for a year or two, mm. they've obviously strengthened more than most in the league. So I'm sure they'll be looking to build on what they sort of started, I guess, was like a rebuild rebuild last year and uh, looking to improve on that. They've also got um, Cam Watson, who was uh, part of, my team when we got promoted from Div 2 he opens the bowling for him I imagine he's just if like the last couple of years he's just got a bit quicker and maybe a bit better so he'll be a one to look out for for them I imagine as well um, I know a couple of their players quite well Matt Batkin played at Reakin College for first 11 with, with me for a year and before I so I've seen him bat a lot he's a, he's a consistent bat and he'll score them he'll score them a lot of 30s and 40s I reckon Especially, especially in Div 1, he's moved down a division. And Sam Morgan, I played county with for a long time. He's a leg spinner who gives it um, gives it a whack at the, um, in the middle order. So, And after playing them quite a bit the last few years, I'm, I'm actually surprised they finished 8th and 11th in 2018 and 19. They seemed quite a bit better than that when we played them. They got a decent bowling attack. So um, I'm expecting them to finish high high mid-table. So I think they'll be competing competing at the top end of the table like um like the other the other teams in this podcast um so we'll move on to our next team and we move ourselves on to wellington's second 11 a team who finished sixth in the Birmingham league's division two second 11 finished first in the shropshire county cricket league second 11 and finished third in the peter Bryan first division their transfers in have been sam roberts from ludlow and obviously wellington as a side have lost matt back into st george's obviously probably not from their second 11 because he was playing for their ones last season but obviously still lost to their side and the final team who we will mention is Worthfield second eleven. Who in 2018 were playing Alberby second eleven, and they finished it first of Division One second eleven, and in 2019 finished third in Division Two, and in 2020 finished in fifth in the Peter Byman first division, and they have brought in Alex Hill from Bridgenor. So first of all, we'll talk about Wellington second eleven with. Alex Taylor. So, Alex, what are our thoughts on Wellington moving into 2021? Yeah, exciting, to be honest. Uh, a bit like Jonty, we're relying on the first team a bit somewhat for availability, but a uh, lot, lot of youngsters in the first team squad, which obviously come down into the seconds as well. So, I think teams like Andrew and Jonty who played against us will say, like, we kind of, at worst, it's like half teenagers half adults that we've been going the last two years since I've been captain. So it's a mix of like basically taking it game by game with the team we've got, trying to win on the day, but trying to produce first team players through second team by giving players opportunities to like perform when they come into the team, like we were saying before. So people come up from the third team or young lads that have come down from the first team, we're letting them open the bowling. We're trying to give them the opportunity to win and dominate cricket matches in the seconds so that when they go up into the first team, they can produce there and they're not worried. And obviously at the moment, with the first team being just a one league above, 
getting promoted isn't sort of like right number one priority in the team. It is more developing like a long-term, looking more long-term to producing young players and players that can dominate and win games for our first team. So that's why it's more on a game-to-game -game basis as sort of like what we're trying to get out of the season. We'll just take it by who I've got on that day and perform there see what we've got, give everyone an opportunity to perform, like and say, and hope some of them do produce. And then when the first team call them up, they can produce for them, which so far in the last couple of years, we've had plenty of lads that have done that, producing for the second team, gone up to the first team and helped them win games. And obviously last year, win the title um, with a lot of teenagers as well from the seconds mm. have gone up to the firsts. Last year, there was Matt Lamb, and Adifia, Manny Gandon both went up, mm. ended up helping towards winning the title. So that's what we kind of like looking for this season coming forward. And they've all been in training as soon as they can. They're all super keen. So it's just whether they're available every week because the school with some of them, like we we're talking earlier, Shrewsbury School boys, we've got Reekin and then other lads in Wolverhampton Grammar School. So, so who are the players to look out for Wellington second? Well, uh, yeah, like I said, I've, I've written a few names down and these are probably basically like, these are all teenagers from sort of like 14, 15 up to sort of 18, 19, but, but are sort of like first, second team. So I've got Adifia Manigandon, who's an off-spinner batsman, Will Lewin, batsman and bowls a little bit of medium pace. I've got Matt Lamb, Luke Gorin, two batsmen. Hugh and Henry Morris, who are both bowlers, brothers. And I've got Harry Slater, who's a bowler as well. And then Ronan Bagri as well, who's another like, opening bowler for us. All Sam. of them have played for me in the last year. And then some of them have like moved into the first team already. But there's certainly like a few names that would look out for uh, all really good young lads. Performed well for us. Mm. Looking forward to seeing how they do this season. Anyway, so we move ourselves on to our final team in Division and Warfield Second Eleven, a team who have consistently finished at the top of the Division One Second Eleven, finished third in Division Two in 2019, and finished fifth out of six in the Peter Byron Division One in 2020, and have brought in Alex Hill from Bridge North and no transfers out. Uh, so our thoughts on Warfield Second Eleven moving into 2021. Who are our thoughts on who are their big players? Well, first time I played their twos last year, um, obviously in the, in the, in the uh, split division. Um, for me, the, the standout player, um, was I think Fox Davis, William Fox Davis, I think it is. Um, mm. open to bowling and can smash it. Game, game, he can win a game comfortably. Um, decent bowler could easily take a few wickets, a few poles, but uh, but then also absolutely take you away. Um, in terms of your bowling attack, uh, especially at Worfield, which is quite small. Um, that's all I really know about the Worfield lads, to be honest. Alex Hill, I know Alex and Bridge North. But I think he'll be playing their ones, to be honest. Um, so yeah, don't don't really know a lot about the other lads, but just work, great place to play, um, great great atmosphere, great bar. Um, I know the Arnold guys uh, do a great, fantastic job there. So, and the midweek stuff's really good. So, uh, to be honest, where do I think they're going to finish this year? I'd say they'll be one of those mid-table teams, and that that will probably be their aim, to be honest. Um, I know Jack's, I think Jack's still the skipper there and I'm sure that'll be what their aim is. But yeah, I'd say their star player is William Fox Davis. I don't really know a lot about any of the others. Yeah, um, I think it's a, I think it'll be a big thing if, is it Phil Hudson? 
Nickerson. Oh, I know the guy you mean. Yeah, Nick. Nick. It, it depends. It depends what side if he plays ones or twos because he, he is he is some batter. He scored ninety odd against us at at, um, at our place two years ago, and we we bowled him out for hundred and twenty, I think, or something like that. He got ninety eight or something. He was um he's he's different class. So I think it all depends on whether he plays ones or twos. Right, we didn't play against um that William Fox Davis played against his brother. His brother looks a not too bad bat. Between 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 Nick Hudson and William Fox Davis, I think I think yeah, I think mid table's about right. I'll go with what John C says. I think he's a have, I, on. have I said the right one there, James? Is is it William Fox Davis? Yeah. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. William's good, yeah. Char- Charlie isn't, so he's given up and gone to Sunday. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie's can we, gone. Can we, can we just uh, say that Charlie is also a very good player in his own Sunday right? <laughs> he has for Andy. To be fair, both both are very good players in, yeah. uh, in their own right and both friends of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> I forgot about uh, Nick Hudson, actually, Andy. That's a great show. Yeah. He did, he did that to us last year, Nick Hudson. He scored, we bowled him out for like 140 and he scored 86. Someone who I think is always good is their all-rounder, Piers Roanhorse. Yeah, Piers. Like you say, you just know what you're going to get, don't you? Like, it's good, bat and ball, gives it a whack on the spot, bowling. I think they're going to be one of those teams who they could do very well, especially yeah. if they've got a few players who I play ones they, uh, or if they've got a full strength second 11, they'll play, they'll be one of the teams who you'd expect to be mid table, but also a side who, if you're at the bottom end of the division, you'd be looking to get points from they, because um, you think if they don't have their full strength side out, you'd be trying to get points to get them. But again, Werfield, ones, twos, or threes are a very strong side. We've we've played them four times in the last two years, and like all four games have pretty much bar one been really close, and we've won two of the close ones, and they've just edged one last year. So I think, like I say, like I said, so many tight games. It's just whether they can win more of those tight games mm. and lose them because, mm. like the other teams, like I say, they just they're always like really competitive, and they're not going to give you an inch. So you've got to like work hard to get ever anything off them. It's also another one of these clubs that when you go there, you know you're going to have a competition. They, yeah. Whether yeah. it's first, seconds, thirds, they're going to they're going to give you chat. They're going to play to their best ability. You know that they're training a lot. You know that they're practicing a lot. And you know you're always going to get the best version of whoever and whatever team you're playing. But anyway, I think that's some fantastic insight, guys. And I think now we'll take this information and we'll put this together and take this on to our next section which is the Harrison's Hierarchy. Okay. So, you know the drill. It's Harrison's Hierarchy. This is the part of the show where we pick the top 10 teams as we see it at this part of the season going into 2021. This will change throughout the season. And just because you're at the bottom or the top does not mean you'll be at the top or the bottom of the hierarchy as the season goes on. Once again, this is just a bit of fun and just the opinion of the guys around the Zoom 
But enough of that, and let's get on with it. Let's start with number 10. So who do we think is going at number 10? And we'll start with John T. Who's your number 10? I've got Ponsbury James. Harry? I also have Ponsbury James. And let's go with Alex. I've got Alberbury. <laughs> and Andrew? Yeah, I got Ponsbury. So I think pretty, pretty obviously we're going for Ponsbury. And um, so we'll go on to number nine. Who have we gone in at number nine? And we'll start with John T again. Worfield, mate. Worfield, second 11. Okay, Alex. Uh, Ponsbury. Harry. I have Kooned. Okay, so with the deciding vote, Andrew. I have Worfield as well, yeah. Okay, so we go for Worfield in at ninth. And so thoughts on that, John T. I just I just think, mate, there's 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 eight, like I said earlier, there's eight teams that I reckon could will all beat each other and compete in the top half. And then you've got the four bottom teams. And I think Worfield are probably the best of those four bottom teams, mate. That's that's where my head's at. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. So moving in at eight, and we'll start with Andrew. This is this is like a a stab in the dark, really. So I've gone St George's. Ooh, big shout, Harry. Uh, I actually have Worfield second eleven. And uh, Alex, I've got Worfield as well. And <laughs> John T. Obviously, we can't have Worfield because we've had them at nine. I've gone cooned, mate. Nate. All right, guys. So we've got a tie. We've got St George's or Kund. So out of St George's and Kund, who are we going for? So this is between Alex and Andrew. So Alex, who are you going for? St George's. Okay. So in eighth, we're going for St George's first eleven. So in tenth, we've gone Ponsbury. Ninth, we've got Worfield's second 11. Eighth, we've got St. George's. In at seventh, who are we going for, Harry? So I'm going to have to go Wellington, but I don't believe they'll finish that low. Fair enough. And Andrew? I got Bridge North. Ooh. And uh, John T? <laughs> I suppose, mate, it'll, it'll be from what I was... It'll be, I had St. George, so cooned. It'll be cooned, mate, for me. And Alex? Um, well, I had St. George's, but my next team that's like lowers to be Worfield. So we've got Wellington, Bridge North or Kund. Who are we going for? Me personally, mate, I reckon it'll be Kund. Yeah, I agree. Kund. I agree. All right. So we're going for seventh. We're going Kund. So who's going to be in at sixth? And we'll start with John T. Six. I have gone Bomir. Bomir's captain. Harry, where do you think, who do you think will finish sixth? Oh, I got Wellington. So I got Wellington twos. I've got Bridge North. And with the deciding vote, if he picks any of the three sides, <laughs> Andrew. Wellington. And we're going Wellington. Fantastic. So we've got Ponsbury in at 10th, Worfield in at 9th, St. George's in at 8th, Kund in at 7th, and Wellington in at 6th. So our top five, starting with Andrew. Andrew, who's coming in at fifth? Bomir. And uh, John T? Bomir. Right, so Harry, two at Bomir. Where do you, who's going to finish at fifth? I got Newtown, James. Newtown. And uh, Alex? Um, I had Wellington, but Bridge North, because I had Wellington and Bridge North, fifth and sixth. I didn't know. So Bridge North. 
two to ones, it's going to be Bomir. So who's coming in at fourth? And we'll start with Harry. Oh, I had a debate between us and Chirk. And just because of what we strengthened this year, I'm going Chirk. But it could, could go either way. But I'm going to go Chirk, just back us. Dante. Uh, Newtown in fourth. And Andrew? Newtown. And Alex? Bomir. Okay, cool. So in at fourth, we've got Newtown. In at third, and we'll start with John T. Third, I've got Bridge North. Harry. Uh, I've got us in third, Bomer. Andrew. Uh, Chirk. We'll be there. All there about. And Alex. I've got Bridge North. Ben. Okay, so in at third, we've got Bridge North, second 11. So we've got our final two. So, who will it be? Will it be Chirk, Schiffnall, Alberbury, Standard, <laughs> or Beacon? So, who's it going to be? Final two, we've got Beacon, Alberbury, Chirk, or Schiffnall. So, who's coming in at number two? And we'll start with Harry. Um, I'll go Chirk in, in second, and I'll, I'll go Schiffnall in first. And Alex? Uh, Chirk second. Schiffnell first, I have. And Andrew? Just to spice it up a bit, I'm going to say Schiffnell second, Jerk first. And John T. <laughs> Jerk second, mate. Schiffnell oh, first. Yeah. Let me down, John T. Let me down. Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say Overbury, but... Uh... <laughs> hey, that's totally fine. Overbury for the title this season. A late run. <laughs> so yeah so that makes our top 10 so we've got Pontspin at 10th Warfield 7 in 9th St George's first 11 in 8th Kund first 11 in 7th Wellington second 11 in 6th Bowmere first 11 in 5th Newtown first 11 in 1st Bridgenall second 11 in 3rd Chirk first 11 in 2nd and Schiffnall in 1st so Thank you very much, guys. That'll definitely get people talking. And let us know what you think about hierarchy. Send your hate mail into Harry Bolland. At... No. <laughs> Deleted my account. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you very much, guys, uh, for coming on the podcast. And this moves us on to our final segment. So, yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening once again. And very sorry for taking so long to edit all these things. As always, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. We have some new bat stickers and merchandise on the way. As you already know, the Cow Corner Golf Day has been postponed. But anyway, thank you very much for supporting us, as always. Anyway, all this leaves me to say is thank you very much, Andrew. Cheers, mate. Been great to be on. Thank you very much, John T. You're welcome, mate. Thanks. Really enjoyed it, mate. Good stuff. Thank you very much, Alex. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much, Harry. Cheers, James. Really enjoyed it. And as we've said on the other podcasts, as the season goes on, we are very much looking forward to getting on people who are doing very well for their clubs. And we will get you on via Zoom to chat about how you're doing this season and your club so we get more player interaction throughout the season. Thank you very much for listening to the Cow Corner podcast and we'll see you on the next episode. All the best. Thank you very much. Goodbye.
a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 